Hello, hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Max Potential Habits. I am giddy with excitement about this week's special expert guest, Cody Laughlin, who's a serial entrepreneur. Pre-show, I learned that he just launched a number one in nine category best-selling book. And one of the categories was entrepreneurship. It's called Million Dollar Dads. He's the podcast host of a top 100 podcast that's also been number one at times called Money Talkers. He has built over 14, he's built 14 companies with some disasters. We're going to talk about the roller coaster ride of that. And he is just all around awesome. Like we, before we, you know, we started recording, I was like, oh, we need to hit record. This conversation is incredibly powerful and just what you all like to hear. You know, someone who's been there, done that many times over, built several successful companies. He's made the Inc. 5,000 fastest growing companies list twice, has had over $200 million in sales, uh, sold a company to a publicly traded buyer, launched a number one rated podcast. I mean, I could go on and on and on. He's a real estate investor. He's all things money. And he's really focused, his podcast that I've been on is focused on teaching parents how to talk to their kids about money, which is really cool. And so we're just gonna like have a super fun jam about money, about business building, about the ups and downs, and how to build a business that's not a prison for you. That's one of the big topics that we wanna talk to you about today. So welcome to the show, Cody. Man, I don't know how to follow up that introduction. It always makes me kind of, uh, <laughs> like, like bl I blush a little bit, even though we're on a podcast. So, you know, it happens. <laughs> That's all right. I, you can blush as much as you want. <laughs> I'll just keep boosting you up because I'm like, I think your history is so cool. You know, it's one of those things where I go, ooh, first, just being a serial entrepreneur, loving podcasts, loving to talk about money, opening the door to talk about money and doing so many awesome things in the world. I just think you're a rock star. I think one of the reasons I like talking about money is almost like entrepreneurship. Like I like to fix things that are broken. Uh, it's just in, in built into us, right? Like we go out and solve problems. And so for me, you know, um, one of the biggest things, and I had to learn this when I, when I had, you know, I had a really high kind of meteoric rise out of nowhere and then I lost everything. And I found that as I began talking about my, my situation I was in, which was awful and, uh, that, other people were like relieved to talk to me about it because I kind of grew up in like that taboo don't talk about money household mm -hmm. you know like most of us do and uh as I started talking to people I started realizing like wait we got a pro this is a problem and then as I talked to parents and about their kids and you know the whole situation of why are they not getting educated on money and entrepreneurship most of them didn't talk and these are high level achiever people you know and then most of them were like yeah, I didn't learn anything from my parents. I'm like, well, are you talking to your kids about money? And they're like, oh, uh, no. <laughs> right. And it's like, oh, yeah. let's just keep doing the cycle of running into a brick wall. And so I yeah. just saw the opportunity to kind of hop in there. So I'm excited to talk to you today. Yeah. I think it's one of those things that people have so much shame around. I always say that some of the conversations that are the hardest to have at the dinner table are like sex and money. <laughs> oh yeah. That's a, every parent's uh, worst nightmare is birds and the bees and money. And I have no interest in teaching on the other subjects. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. You could do a, a birds and the bees podcast, but money talk is, nope, that ain't happening. Talk is much more not fun. happening for this guy. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. How old are your kids now? Uh, my kids are six and nine years old. So I have a nine-year-old okay. daughter and a six-year-old son. Okay. So yeah. So, so great conversations about money. I'm sure. Um, ah, oh, there's so many places I want to go with you. First, let's start. What, what's a quote that you live by? Oh, uh, absolutely. And this has been ingrained in my brain since I read it the first time is you cannot build your reputation on what you're going to do. Ooh. Right. Everybody's a talker, right? And Henry Ford said that actually. And so, um, you know, that, that really stuck to me because everybody's going to do something. It's the one that takes action that there are the ones that, that fail forward fast, right? There's another one, right? But that whole, like, you can't, you can't just build a, you can't build a reputation. You can't have yeah. done it unless you've done it, right? Or you don't, yeah. you know, you don't, you're not perceived that way. And so uh, anytime I get kind of stuck, um, you know, in uncharted territory where I don't know how to do it, or I don't want to go on camera, or I don't like, I really don't like being on camera that much. But I think that in my head, I'm like, man, I got to go do this because that's the only way I can get it done, right? You got to suck at something first before you can figure out the ways to get it done and complete it or find mentors to help you get over around those things as well. Yeah. Yeah. It's one of those keys where, you know, it's, I talk a lot on here about manifestation and it's like, it's not sitting on your couch and wishing and praying for things to come your way. It's taking action and with clear intention. 
Yeah. yeah. Well, it's like if you ask somebody like, what do you, what, what do you, what would you consider, you know, what would you be happy with money wise? And it's almost all these answers almost like a million dollars. Right. Like, all right. Well, you have a thousand. Yeah. You know, and they're like, well, no, but like, well, you got a $1,200 phone in your hand. Like, what, what do you like? You got to get started, man. You can't go from zero to a million. You have to go from one to two to three to four and start that step yeah. in that process. And so, you know, that's another one of the quotes. So, yeah. So, but um, that's a Stephen Covey principle, which is begin with the end in mind. Yeah. Right. And then so work powerful. backwards. It's, yeah. You just work backwards on it and you make things into little bite sized pieces. You know, that's why, like, when you read those things on the introduction, it always kind of makes me like cringe a little bit because I'm like, it's weird to look back and go, yeah, I had $200 million in sales. Like, I didn't, I'm not like counting the days of doing that. I'm just like looking back and like, wow, that was pretty cool, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And, and you didn't like, start overnight success. Yeah, there's no yeah. such thing. Yeah. I didn't sell a $200 million sale. Let's just put it that way, right? It was $1 at a time uh, all the yeah. way through and all the bumps and bruises that came along with it. Yeah. And so, um, but, if you have that goal and you know back working backwards like if you want a million dollars the second part you have to do is you have to set a timeline on it right because it's just a wish if you don't have a timeline on it is you will make more than a million dollars in your lifetime you know so is that really the goal you know or do you want to keep a million dollars or do you you know for me i want passive income that's my favorite thing in the world i couldn't care less about the balance right i want to know what's coming in the door every month in my mailbox like that's the fun part for me yeah. And so that, that cash flow gives you freedom, you know? Mm-hmm. Ah, so many good things. Will you talk about some of, I mean, because I so agree with what you're saying and you go like, okay, how can I create multiple passive streams of income? Business is an incredible way to start to do that. And there's so many bumps along the way. And there's also so much money knowledge that people don't have and are yeah. scared to get because I think they're afraid to admit that they don't know what they're doing. Oh, I laugh all this time. So I came up with the idea of like, it, it would be amazing if you had to give like true serum and then go to like, uh, as like shots. And then you had to go into one, like, one of those chamber of commerce, like, you know, business card mixer things. Like, could you imagine like, cause everybody you meet in those things, you're like, Hey, how's it going? They're like, business is great. Call me. You know, it's like, no, like how is everybody's business doing great in here? And then if you were like, if you were me, like I became a banker for three years, I went into like thousands of businesses and they had to be honest with me. So I got all the closed door, like, you know, and so I, I actually got to see patterns and learn from business owners and it didn't matter what industry it was. It just mattered how they handled their business is what I learned. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. And so, um, that, I, that, that is one of the best things I think I've ever heard. <laughs> <laughs> the truth, it, uh, I mean, it's so true because uh, people are putting on a show even to themselves, I think. Oh, absolutely. You know, it's like we part lie. of my work with people yeah. is like, let's get clear about your competing commitments and your unconscious drivers that are keeping you stuck. And if one of them is that it's embarrassing to talk about money, you're going to probably stay stuck for a long time because you got to drop that shame in order to learn and grow and face your stuff. Yeah. And, you know, I got to tell myself, cause like I'm in the middle of selling a company right now. I have three companies right now and I'm selling one so that I can focus on the other one. I want, I want to go build something new. And, uh, I'm the money talker guy, right? I'm the serial entrepreneur guy. Well, we started pulling the layers back on the company as I'm doing these, uh, like they're, they're basically buyers coming in to buy the company. I have to do kind of an hour long presentation, let them ask questions, do that kind of thing. And like, there were probably, I don't know, six major things that as I'm doing the presentations, I was like, yeah, but I would change this. And yeah, but I would change that. Right. And I was like telling them what their future growth opportunities were and where I saw not just like the great parts of the business, but where I saw it needed improvements. And I got done with these presentations and I'm like, why am I not doing these things? Yeah. So I just started doing them. And so as I'm under contract now, the guy that's buying the company, like he's, I'm telling him, Hey, I just did this. Hey, I just did that. Hey, it's going to improve your margin three points here. It's going to change this to your two points. And like, I'm like, dude, I was like, I feel awful that like, I haven't done all this own stuff in the reflection of the mirror. And so sometimes it's, it's lonely as an entrepreneur because you, 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 you have to be kind of guarded about the information that you give out with at, you know, in the, in the house, because it can cause waves. It's the same thing with your employees. So it gets very difficult to complain to your hourly employee about, you know, your trials of tribulations of cash flow management for the whole company. You know, they're just like, you got to be a little bit. So a lot of times as entrepreneurs, when we meet other entrepreneurs, we just want to appear like we're successful instead of like asking real questions. And when you have those real conversations and someone's honest with you, that's where the real growth of the company comes from. Yeah. 
Yeah. I think it's why you're seeing an explosion of coaches. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, totally. That's days. what I was I mean, going to say. Yeah. I said, that's why everyone needs a coach. I need a coach. Everyone yeah. I know needs a coach. It's like, you can't see your own blind spots. And also I think well, something you just said that I want to point out to everyone is it's slow down to take the time to reflect and assess what's happening in your business to see where you need to make adjustments. And sometimes you think because we get on that treadmill and we're going, 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 building, 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 we forget to stop and go, what's working? What's not working? Where do I need to pivot? What do I need to adjust? Sometimes it's even really slight degrees that can make a huge difference. But if you don't take the time to know that, you can end up in a really wrong trajectory and cause yourself a lot of headaches. That's the thing. I mean, you're talking about, you move the needle a couple percentage points, right? Like there's a book called pay, uh, profit first, which is an yeah. awesome book, right? Yep. Mike Michalowicz. Um, and so he talks about trying to keep the money on the bottom line. People are trying to keep two, three, four, five percent 5% of the net, right. Of their total revenues. And he's like, no, let's move that up. Take that first, take that out. And then you'll figure out how to do the rest of the stuff. And so I love that idea that you are, uh, forcing yourself to kind of look at a business plan, but you should be doing it consistently. And that whole say that whole statement of like work on your business instead of in your business, sometimes um, you have to have that kind of break and stop and go, okay, let's go through all the different pieces of what we're doing right now. And I don't care if it's just, you know, my sales uh, plan is this, and it could be one sentence, right? And then it's going to be like, okay, my marketing plan is this. And then what you need to do is put benchmarks and then come back and see where you are with those benchmarks, right? Yeah. If you're, and if yeah. you're wherever you're underperforming, you can put some attention to that. Yeah. Right. So it's like what you're talking about is actually really simple strategies, but it, you have to take, you, you need to choose to take the time to do it. So it's tracking and then evaluating based on what you've been tracking. Right. Yeah, don't stick your head in the sand. Right. Yes. Yeah. Be conscious <laughs> and, it, and take the, it's funny you're saying this because this morning I actually had insomnia last night. I, I woke up at two in the morning. I went to sleep at 11, which is pretty late for me. And then I woke up at two. I could not go back to sleep because my brain was just, I have all this fun business development stuff going on. And I was like, I, I laid there until four and I was like, okay, I'll just get up. So I got up and I just powerhoused all this planning and creativity and brainstorming and organizing. And it was awesome. And one of the things I came up with is I was like, I need to take a break in January, like from podcasting and output of stuff to reevaluate, get centered, get grounded, like that exact thing, like the reflective pause. Cause I've been, you know, building, I've been building very strategically with lots of effort in for the last two years. And now I'm like, okay, seven figure scale is going to require me to be very, very focused and clear, you know, like, and, yeah. and reflective about what's worked in the past and what I, what needs to be shifted in the future to make you know less effort more joy more money higher productivity scalable all those things yeah i would give you um one pointer on that is that at the um if you want to scale into seven figures you need to map out what your company looks like at that moment in time right mm -hmm. and you may not need to do that today you may not need to add those people or have that equipment or you know have that delivery team or have a marketing person that specifically handles things but like anything that's teachable and repeatable you should be offloading to someone else yeah right and so um and there's a book called traction and they talk about delegate and elevate right mm -hmm. and so uh putting systems and clarity in place and then reviewing that with your team speeds up the development of the company completely yeah right? I have a and, and, yeah and so i um one of the other things that i would tell you is that uh when you do that when you go to build your company and you're thinking about what you want it to look like make it a year right one year from today what is amanda going to be doing next december right like what's the next goal so we have what the company needs to be doing to get there how much money it needs to generate per month per week right and then um i'll tell you is what would it look like if somebody wanted to buy your company in those in that, at the end of those 12 months, right? And so if you design that with someone on the outside looking at your company, you will be more inclined to fix and find the problems that you have inside of your company, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So you can even step out and be the third party and say, okay, if I was buying, uh, you know, Dr. Amanda's company, what would I, what would cause me uh, to pause and not want to buy it. Yeah. Right? So you can see the weak points. Yeah. 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 So if you're, and think about this, you're shelling a check for somebody else's company. What do you want to know? What do you want to have? And you say, okay, well, 
you know, uh, are we very transactional? Do we have a client list? Do we have deliverables on an email list? Do we have a basis as a, as an asset, right? Do we have monthly billing? Do we have transactional billing? Like how do we diversify those things? And so think about like, as if you were going to go buy another practice right now, another coaching program, somebody else, what would you want to know? And make that your focus of what you work on because yeah. you're the driver. You're the, your, your zone of genius is your business. Anything else out there, if you do and you figure out like you're doing all your social media posts, right? Yeah. You need right. to get rid of that. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. I always tell people delegation <laughs> should make you money and delegate yeah. anything away that you, I mean, because I, I, I love that you said zone of genius because it's one of my favorite ways to teach people how to live in their greatest power. And of course, if, if social media isn't your company and it's a, it's just part of your marketing strategy, you got to delegate that out. <laughs> like yeah, every yeah. single thing, automate, delegate, drop is what I say. Like if, you're, <laughs> if it's not in alignment with your zone of genius, will you share? Um, thank you. Those were incredible tips. I, yeah, I, will you share because you've built so many businesses and I know you've had a lot of roller coaster ride. Will you share for people, let's say like pre six figure, what are some of the biggest stumbling blocks you see as people are building their companies? Uh, no planning. Okay. I did it myself. No planning. Zero planning for what you're building. Right. And what I mean by that is um, there's, six, there's six basic aspects into a business. Right. And we end up gravitating into a few of them. And when you're building into six figures, you're going to, you can sheer will yourself to that, right? Like you can do $10,000 worth of business a month. Doesn't make your main, doesn't mean you're making $10,000 obviously, but you can, you can drive that at a sheer will and hard work, right? With zero planning. And it's almost pretty much most businesses. And what I would tell you is that like where I see most self-employed people, right? They're not business owners they're self-employed in that realm is that they don't plan on all six things. They're like, oh, I'll figure that out later. One of them usually is accounting, right? <laughs> QuickBooks, accounting. I'll find somebody. I don't know how to do that. I'll worry about it later. I'll turn in my box of bank statements and random receipts to a CPA at the end of the year, like I used to do, uh, and just manage out of my bank account. And so what I would say is that like, you need to have a purposeful driven weekly meeting, even if you're the only employee, right? And you need to have that time set aside to work on things inside of your business that are causing any kind of issues. If you if don't worry about it until and you can compartmentalize that time, but also you've got sales, you've got marketing, you've got um, operations, you have customer service, you have accounting, and you have human resources, right? And so as you bring in customer, as you as you're planning these things, you say, okay, in one year from now, I want to have three employees. And I want to do $250,000 in revenue. And I want to back into how I'm going to deliver that, where I'm going to get the customers, where are my people at, how much am I going to charge? Like, as you go in and break those things up, you know, uh, at that point, you've got a plan, right? It doesn't have to be perfect. As a matter of fact, it shouldn't be perfect. Because if you write a perfect business plan, you've been working on it way too long. And guess what? The second you go hit the ground, your perfect business plan is going to blow up, right? But, and you're going to be upset. <laughs> what I would say is a shorter plan with more action will find, will, will, will always win. I have a little uh, uh, stick it note here that my daughter wrote for me because I, I am constantly telling them little business stuff, but I don't know if you can see it, but it says hard work beats knowledge when knowledge doesn't work hard right? <laughs> and so, and it's all That's spilled awesome. like all total five-year-old thing. And so I've kept that for like three years because I love that idea that like, you got to go out and do the things, but you do have to have some planning. So if someone yeah. says it's all action, no planning, you're going to have a problem. If you have all planning and no action, you're going to have a problem. You yeah. need to make a plan, make the measurables of when you can look back at it and see what went right, and what went wrong, and then review your plan and then rewrite your plan, right? Yeah. It's okay to do that. It's actually, it's much better to do that because at that point you're, you're in a different place than the way you see the world. Like, I don't know if you've ever read a book and then like, I don't know, 10 years later, read it again. Yeah. Totally different insights. Yeah. Oh, you're completely yeah. different, right? You yeah. get something totally different out of the book because the book yeah. didn't change though. Yeah. Your paradigm changed, right? Yeah. The way you see the world has changed yeah. and you're, you have changed. And so the, to expect that we don't do that with our businesses 
is the same is is, is just a, um it's crazy to me because you are not the same person a year from now, right? So yeah, even a were, month from now, yeah. when you, especially when you're in the startup phase of a business. I love that you're saying this because I, I switched as I've built my business and helped people build their businesses successfully. I've gone from like the, when I very first started, I spent five days like planning and setting goals. And, and then it was like month one in, everything changed. <laughs> <laughs> and it. I, it was exactly that. And so now I do with people, I'm like, okay, you set your vision for the year loosely and then you you know you have that timeline like okay i want to get here by this year and then i do 30 day plans of action because it's like you can't see beyond that especially when and you're prep you're practicing the process of perfection perfection isn't like oh i go from here to perfect you go practice 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 and it's always a process oh yeah like the chef was a bus boy right like that's one of the yeah. things you got to remember totally. like you have to the, the the fact that you even did a business plan put you in like a small category of like act of entrepreneurs okay so <laughs> yeah. like and then the fact that now you're revisiting it um you know that you're you're you can revisit the more you can revisit that plan it, it's it, it's going to do wonders for you because yeah. you're taking that time to look at the company and say okay here's what we did right here's where we got it wrong um it's not it's not bad to be wrong at all you know, and I, I used to do this with my employees. Um, we had a big team meeting. I had 120 employees at one point. And like, we would have these weekly meetings and it would just, we would go to them and they, I, I hated them. I ran them and I hated them. All right. They were just like, it's just one of those meetings. Like, let's go over the financials. Like, let's all argue about stuff for an hour and a half and then let's leave and not accomplish anything. Right. Sounds like a pretty typical meeting. And so <laughs> we, we made it into a purposeful driven meeting. And for me to step back and not be the linchpin in the company, what actually happened is we were going through a sale. We had a publicly traded company put an offer to us. And three months later, they backed out. Hmm. And when they said, why? They said, because the second we buy you, we don't want you to run your place. We want you to run 20 of these. And the second we pull you out of here, this thing's going to crash. I'm like, what do you mean? They're like, we've noticed it consistently. You and your partner make the decisions for everything in this company. And I'm like, I couldn't even argue with them. You know, I was like, ah, oh, man, I was like, but we built the company and our financials say that we should be bought for this. And they were just like, you guys aren't ready. I'm like, what do you mean? We're not, we have 120 employees. Like we're not ready. And he was like, no. And so uh, uh, that next, I took it to heart because it was pretty, you know, uh, pretty upsetting. Obviously we were very excited about the, uh, that going through. And so, um, you know, a year later uh, they came back knocking and, uh, and we put them to the company and they came and it was completely different. And I had my time back. We had almost 10 X the bottom line because of it. Wow. And, uh, and we had gone through this kind of transformation in the company. And one of the main things that we did was we designed who's in charge of what we let the employees know, right. Which was shocking because they didn't have any clue. They just came to me and my partner, they would just go right around their managers. They, there was no chain of command that uh -huh. was like held to. Yeah. Me and him stepped on each other constantly because we answered all the questions, not the ones that we should have been handling. And you're probably exhausted too. Oh, you yeah. have no idea. So my favorite line was, let me think about it. Right? <laughs> and so I, uh, and I didn't realize, I mean, and so what, what ended up happening was I decided, okay, I am going to answer anybody's question that they asked me. It was almost like that Jim Carrey movie where you had to say yes to everything. I yeah. actually took a different step. I didn't say yes to everything because that would have been crazy. But I, I said, I'm going to answer them on the spot. I have to break this habit. And so I started doing this. When so people come by, they'd ask me a question, do this. And they'd kind of look at me funny. And I said, and then I said, that's it, go. You know, and they'd be like, okay. And I'm like, all right. And they asked me a question. All right, here's the answer. And I would just give an answer. And they were like, what I found, I thought I was going to do this experiment for like a month. And what I found is after a week, I had people going like, what has happened to you? You know, and, I, and what I found out was, not only was I taking their questions and I was putting them in my brain space, right? And I was like, let me think about that. I can't think about that right now. I'm in the middle of something else. Well, then I started getting that face where you're like, you're piled all these questions in your brain and you get this face where like, you know, you got your eyebrows down and you're just like kind of scowling at your computer. Like, I don't know, like, why, why do I have to do everything and blah, 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 right? And I'm typing. And, and so what I found was more than half the questions that I would have been asked weren't even being asked of me. Because they'd walk by and go, oh, he's too busy. He's too busy. Yeah, yeah it's too busy. And then the problems would just fester and go and they become bigger and bigger problems. And as I started answering all these things, I found that there was a lot of questions and the 
problem was I trained everybody to ask me questions as the owner. And that's a big problem from when you're scaling through that hundred thousand dollar mark and you start adding team members. When you have two or three team members, you're answering all their questions, mm-hmm. right? When they're, they're like, well, what do you want to do with this? And what do you want to do? Do you like this color? Do you like this email? Do you like that? There's no responsibility to them. Right. Mm-hmm. And so we started pushing this back in and I said, okay, look, I gave them a limit. And I said, listen, anything that you do, if it's under $500, I don't want to know about it. Mm-hmm. Mind you, we're doing $50 million a year in revenue. And so like, like be a leader. For yeah. I'm like, I'm like, don't, I'm like, whatever, just don't even ask me. I don't want to know. You don't need to ask me. I said, but the only, re- the only requirement is this. If I asked you, if I ask you later, because it's either come up as a problem or showed up in the financials or whatever, right? If I ask you why you did it and you say, I don't know, then we're going to, then it's a problem. But if you have an answer to why you thought about it and why you made the decision you did with the information you have, even if it was the wrong decision, it's totally fine. Because at that point, now we've both learned a way not to do it. Yeah. Well, and you're teaching accountability, right? Like the greatest companies create leaders of all of their people. It was amazing. Right. Yeah. It was amazing what happened. I'm telling you, it was absolutely incredible because what happened is we were stuck at $37 million a year in sales. And in one year we shot to $51 million a year. And when that company came back in to buy us, uh, the price tag went way up and they were like, yeah. And they, and they were like, like where they were like, well, why would you think you could, you could bump us that high? And I said, well, last year you didn't want to buy us because you said we weren't ready to be bought. I go this year, you're getting a discount. And I was like, if you wait till next year, I yeah. was like, you might not Who be able to buy us. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, what you, know? you did to me, what I hear you saying is you created a system, right? It's like yes. a system that operates without you instead of you being the slave to your business and being, I mean, cause especially had a with 120 just, employees yeah. <laughs> asking you questions all the time. Woo, all the time, all the time. Nuts. I mean, I was working 70 hours a week. I was make, I was working more and more, making less and less frustrated yeah. as all can be bringing it home with me. Right. Carrying it on my shoulders. Those questions that I didn't answer constantly coming up like, Oh, I forgot. Oh, I forgot to talk to so-and-so. Oh, I forgot to tell them. Or I saw them like three or four days later, a week later. I'm like, I'm like, Oh, you, I forgot you asked me, you know, like blah, blah, blah. And I was carrying all this stuff. And by doing that, I was eating all my creative space out. Totally. Right. So my zone of genius is always driving leads and conversions, right? Those are the, I've been able to apply it to any business. I can always drive the revenue side of businesses. Yeah. And so um, what I had to learn later after, you know, uh, after blowing a few of them up <laughs> uh, on my businesses, what I had to learn later was I needed to watch the cost side. Uh, I need to learn how to do that. Right. And I need yeah. to learn how a balance sheet works. Right. And, um, and so, but when we did those things, what I found was the company ran a lot faster, right? They're what they weren't waiting on me to answer anymore. Yeah. There was no, I wasn't the linchpin and the guys who came in to buy us, we're a hundred percent correct. Yeah. The year that we spent great wisdom, right. That they shared. Yeah. But I don't, and I don't think they knew that we were going to take it to heart as much as we did because I was like, you know what, something's got to change. And these guys just pointed it out. And so that's one of the thing I would tell you as, and your listeners is that, um, where you choose to get your advice will have massive, uh, differences in the outcomes of what you choose to do. Right. Because everyone is willing to give you advice it's up to you to disseminate whose advice you should take. And so for me, you know, uh, when I had these guys who had built a much larger company than I ever had, I had needed to listen to them. Yeah. Right. But I could got an opinion. If I walked around all 120 employees, I'm like, Hey, what's wrong around here? They would all tell me. Right. Um, and, and I needed to, I needed to, you know, that was always my source of fixing things around the dealership too. was like, I would go to the employees, not the managers underneath them. I would go under, I would go say, Hey, on the front lines, you know, and I would find there's such simple solutions we'd be in there planning for hours or days, like how to, how to get the phone system to work better. Well, guess what? There's 99 messages in the phone and no one has the code of the voicemail. So they just turn the ringer off. <laughs> oh, well, no wonder we don't answer the phone very well. Right. <laughs> and you're, we're, we're looking at phone systems and yeah, you're over, it's and, like over complication, right? Like oh, so much. the problems so much. Yeah. So. Fascinating. <laughs> Uh, it's, it's so interesting for my brain to, to mull over. Cause it's like the direction I'm moving, you know, and then I just go, Oh, uh-huh. yeah, fascinating. And like the differences between building a company to six figures versus seven versus eight versus nine, you know, it's like, so there are 
strategic differences in, in what you do along the, the way. I'm yeah. curious, will you, will you share a little, well, go ahead. What were you going to say? Well, I was going to say there, there's traps. Uh-huh. It's, it's built with traps. Like the whole, the whole scaling piece is built with traps because you have to have a certain personality to get to the next level. But at the next level, your personality has to change and that's yeah. difficult, right? Cause it's personality. Yeah. And so you have to train yourself to be a different leader Otherwise, you can't be the leader because you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna be the ceiling, right? Yeah. And so if you don't grow and you don't strategically start looking at how to manage the next level up, yeah, you won't be prepared to do it. And you'll find that sometimes with people in the company, they don't they're not the person that can like a person our accounting person at nine million dollars in sales couldn't handle it when we got to thirty seven million dollars. They were doing right. too much manual and they didn't work on things and they so didn't have systems someone in place. Different. Yeah. Yeah. You had to like we had to go back and break like I said, you, you know you said yeah. you had to put a system in place. I'm like, no, we had a system. It was just bad. I see. Yeah. <laughs> we yeah. didn't have a bad system. Yeah, it's interesting you say yeah. this because it makes me think of like moving, you know, shifting out of W2 mindset first into like entrepreneurship and then mm-hmm. like oh, okay, business and then CEO and like it's yeah. those are all different mindsets. Oh, absolutely. And so, um, you know, to be the self-employed person, you have to wear all the hats. You have no other choice. You don't have anybody else to yell at. It's just you, right? And so, or maybe a couple other people, right? And then as you're building, it's like, okay, I can't be the one that brings all the problems to the people for them to solve them, right? There's a mindset shift that has to happen where they need to be able to identify their own problems, answer their own problems, and you have to be okay with them failing sometimes, mm-hmm. right? So it's that but you have to have piece. yes, it. But you had to be in full control before you got to that point. And so that's why I said you had to change a personality trait, which is not easy to do if you want to build to the next level. But if you're conscious of it and you say, okay, you know, if there's linchpins and problems in the businesses, you own them. It is nobody else's fault. You are the head honcho, the buck stops with you, whatever you want to call it, right? Yeah. So if if you're like, man, I wish I could hire good people, guess what? You're probably bad at hiring. Yeah. <laughs> you need to you need to do some training on hiring, right? And get commitments out of people up front. And maybe you set a different culture. Maybe you don't have a culture and you never told, put it out in the world that this is our company culture. What are yeah. you good at? What is your company do? Who what kind of person are you seeking? Does it have to have the right personality or do I want the right commitment? Right. Do I need a wallflower or do I need an engine? Right. Yeah. Do I need, what do I need? I need a, you know, and so you got to kind of think about that. And if you're, if you can't find good people to work for you, you need to change your interview styles and where you're looking for them. Yeah. Right? The questions you're asking. And One, I, I think sometimes people hire to solve pro- their problems that they're really not enjoying dealing with. And so then they project that onto the people they're hiring. And instead of finding the person who really loves that position. Absolutely. There's somebody that loves everything. Like I hate QuickBooks, but there are people that love it. And so, totally. yeah. but as a business owner, I have to be able to read financials. Yeah. So, right. Like I need to, that's on me. I can't expect somebody to read my own financials to me. Yeah. I don't like doing the entering and the, and the stuff, but I'll tell you what, I can rip around a P and L and a balance sheet now because I strategically made myself learn how to do those things. Yeah. It's not my zone of genius, but it's part of the six pieces of my company. And so I better know how to work all six and then put somebody else in place that knows and likes and loves it and shines on it. Cause it's not me. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But I can go do this. I guarantee I can go drive another 50 leads this month in yeah. a heartbeat. Well, then I, those 50 leads, how much money do they make? How much is an accountant or how much is a bookkeeper? I guarantee my 50 leads is going to generate, you know, an extra $20,000 in revenue. Well, I'll pay 500 bucks for a bookkeeper. Right. Like, I, didn't, I don't want to do something that I'm not good at or excel yeah. at. But I'll tell you this, I have to look at my financials weekly. Yeah. Will you, Cody, will you talk a little bit about that delegation piece? Because I think people yeah. struggle with when is the right time to delegate as they're growing their business. Yeah. The right time to delegate is one, you need to assess who you have now, right? It would be my best advice. So we're not generally optimizing most of the people in our office space. And so adding people is, is usually what we look to do. Um, you, what needs, when you, when, when I look at what we need to delegate, what I would look at is say, okay, in my company, what is an optimal way that it should be set up and who should do what? Don't look at the people you have. Look at the job that's required, right? And so if you're getting ready to go from, you know, $100,000 to $300,000 this year, right? Well, what does a company look like at $300,000? What should I be doing? What am I doing now, 
right? I would say it would be a really good place to start as well. But as you build, you say, okay, what positions do I need? What positions should they be responsible for? And we did this inside of 120 people. Um, we built the company, we rebuilt the company on paper and said, okay, these are the jobs. These are the responsibilities. This is what they have to do. This is time commitment. This should be an, a, a wage area. We had people. And when we put it on, on the table, we said, you know what? None of you, nobody's in their seats anymore. Like you're having to apply for these positions. And we had people that took less money because they wanted, they wanted a different job inside of the company. And here we were thinking, well, like, whoa, we gave you the opportunity. Why aren't you good at this? Right. And they were like, no, I don't want this responsibility. Like I'll take less money and do that. You know, another, yeah. a different job. That's where I shine. And we started finding these things. And so I think you'll find that a lot of times before you, before you add people, you need to build the business on paper first and then get commitments from the people that are, are going to be in those positions because they may not be happy in the positions or you might find that your accounting person absolutely loves marketing and doesn't want to do accounting. They just do it because that's their job and they hire, you hired them for that. So those honest conversations about who fits into where in the company. And sometimes people don't fit, you know, unfortunately. And that's, that's a good thing to find out because it's not good for you and it's not good for them. You know, you don't necessarily mm -hmm. have to give them a pink slip at the, at the table, but you say, Hey man, we're going to transition you or, you know, what you can, you, you know, it's okay for you to look for other jobs. Like you don't have to hide it from me, but I need you to do this one while you're here. Right. Real conversations. And so at that point, once you've got kind of people in place and you have a commitment from them to do the job that you have laid out, not just assumptions of what you think they should do and what they think you should, what, what they think they should do, which I guarantee you are not on the same page. Um, <laughs> we'll, we'll really identify whether you need another person or not. Right. Because I find that a lot of times what we do as company owners, like we add people for one job, but it's really not enough job for one person. And you kind of get stuck in that piece. Mm -hmm. Well, if you have five employees, what could they offload? You know, could they offload five hours from each one of those employees? And then you have a job for 15 hours. Now you've got 40 hours and you allow those people to go produce more. So that person's paid for. Mm -hmm. Right. If you have producer roles and they're doing non-producer roles, like it may be time to split those up. Yeah. But you might need one person to support five people as opposed to one person to do one job. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And so I having so, that time. I so yeah. appreciate your brain in this conversation. It's interesting. I was reading a book this week and it was talking about exactly this, like basically recategorizing based on what you really love doing. So it was the idea was to write down everything that you do in your in your job or business. So you write down all the things you do and then you highlight the one or two that you love doing and are the absolute best at, and then you delegate the rest of the away, all the rest of those or drop them because you're always going to produce more in that zone of genius. So if you're de delegating, like you want to find someone who's doing that one or two things that they absolutely love. And then the rest find someone else for like, it, it, it's, it's so simple and logical, but, but I think most people don't take the time to figure those things out. What you'll find too, is that you don't need to do all of those things. That's yeah. the real, that's the yes. real thing is that like, yes, you're say, well, how can you, de how could you delegate all this stuff to somebody else? And then they can only do what they like and they, they delegate yeah. to them. Well, probably yeah. cause you're doing stuff that you don't need to be doing. Like just drop. that doesn't produce any money. Yeah. You know, it doesn't produce, it doesn't drop. produce for the company. Yeah. It's 80, 20, right? It's 80, totally. 20 rule. Yeah. And so, um, if 20% of the stuff you're doing is producing 80% of your revenues and do more of the 20, not more of the 80. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Why do you think people, I mean, I, I have answers here, but I'm curious what you think, why people get stuck in that habit uh we will fill space with uh we'll spill we'll fill time and space with with items like we'll just it, it's a there's a, a, a law i can't remember the um, parkinson's law Parkinson's, yeah. yeah so whatever we if we allot enough time with well, the really cool thing about that that i found now is that you can do it the other way right so i have a i have a system that i do um that i call uh i kind of stole it from a marketing term but it's like the big domino Right. And so what I do is identify what will move my company forward, like legit move it forward, like move a percentage point of revenue, move a percentage point of profit, move a percentage point of cost away. Like what is the big thing that I could do in one day and do that first? Because if I knock down the big domino, all the rest of them will fall down. And when I do that, I have now I get more done in working three to four hours a day than I did when I worked 10 to 12 hours a day. So cool. Yeah. Because it's so impactful because that Parkinson law, it, you can flip it the other way around, which is like, okay, whatever the amount of space I have is the amount of time that I'm going to get rid of the stuff that I don't need to be doing anyway. Yeah. Right? 
Yeah. And so I, I, I find the one big thing. I make sure that's in my space. And then if I get anything else done for the rest of the day, I'm, I'm just kudos to me. I get a cookie. Right. Yeah. And so uh, when you look at it that way, there's so much stuff you're doing as a business owner or uh, as an entrepreneur that, and I think that those two th are two different things, self-employed and business owner are two different things. <laughs> right. And so that's what kind of that, that thing you're doing now, you're talking about, like, I'm, I'm reshifting and I'm, I'm starting to focus in and, and you're looking at it and going, why had it not done this sooner? Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, like this is going to create. And it's one of those, it is that thing where it's like, I take steps, I keep taking steps and it just get clearer and clearer. And then it's like, Oh, all of a sudden the light bulb goes on. And you're like, Oh, okay. It's time to shift. You know? <laughs> yeah. Well, it's, it's really fun too. Is like, like you get kind of that energy that you got when you started in the first place, right? Yes, that freshness totally. and that fun. And you get out of that funk and it's like, Oh yeah, well, yeah, we can get going. And that energy starts to get, um, you know, it, it gets contagious inside of the office as well. Yeah. You'll see other people lighting up and being like, Hey, I got ideas. You know, yeah. I got ideas. And, uh, and, and, and when you do that, it starts to just generate and manifest. It's almost like the, you know, vis visualization. Um, I heard visualization is a simulation. I like that idea. Mm -hmm. And so, um, when you're visualizing where you want to be in a year and you're planning out for a year and you're excited and you start thinking of those things that gets your, your entrepreneurial juices going again. And when that happens, the energy level comes up and you're fixing things that bother everybody else. And they start their the morale starts improving, the speed starts improving, the sales start flowing. Like it just all seems when there's an, you walk into a company like that, there's an energy going yeah. on inside of there, and it's just like it, it just things start going on off cylinders. And then you look back and you go, "Wow, we smashed our goal last month." Yeah, it's the but if it's you didn't the, set a you know, goal, like you don't really know. That magnetic effect where everybody's oh, yeah. doing what they love and it's flowing. That's that's awesome. Oh, I could talk to you for a long time. <laughs> well, I, I want to make sure. Yeah. Will you? Oh, go for it. What were yeah. you going to say? I was say put, putting that goal on paper is so important for that reason, right? Yes. And I would also say this: I am a big believer in putting that goal in front of everybody. Mm -hmm. Right. Everybody's got their own goal to get to the big goal. Right. Love it. And so they they have many goals. So if you have an annual goal break it down to a monthly goal. If you have a monthly goal, break it down to a weekly goal and then break it down to a daily goal. Track the weekly every time you go to your meetings and they got to bring you the numbers. Don't bring it to them. And yeah. when that happens, they will know there will be, we used to have our meetings on Tuesday mornings. Mondays, I used to see my manager scrambling because they knew they're gonna have to come in the next day and report in front of everybody if they hit their, whatever their piece was. They're, you know, you call them KPIs, whatever you want to call them. Yeah. Like uh, your key performance indicators. We used to call them rocks. So they would have to come in and they would have to talk about where they, we didn't go over the financials. We went over what was, what was feeding the financials, right? The, not the scoreboard. We talked about the game. So they right. would have, right. you know, the, the sales manager would have to have, you know, you come in, Oh, I got 10 sales this week. I'm like, I don't care, man. How many outbound phone calls did your team make from the CRM? I'm like, cause I know we're going to close between three to 8% of our leads. So yeah. if I can affect the amount of outbound sales calls, my percentage points are don't need to move very much. And so he would have to report on something like that. Yeah. And so if you do that inside your company, everybody's got their goals and they have clarity. And then they, they know that if some other task is in the way and they're not pointed at their goal, that their goal comes first. Okay. Everyone listening, <laughs> definitely you're going to want to favorite this episode as you're scaling because they're, I mean, I'm in it right now. Like everything you're saying, I'm just like, oh yes, 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 yes. I can, it's just all so, I mean, golden nuggets from someone who's built multiple, very highly successful businesses. So super incredible information. Um, I wish we weren't running out of time, but we are. So <laughs> will you share with um, the audience how, what the, what your top three max potential habits are that you believe got you where you are today? Yeah. Um, so one is the one that I'm talking about right now, right? Which is where that big domino piece is. That habit is mindset shifting. It is business shifting. It will it will have massive ramifications in 12 months. I guarantee it. You will have more time. You, you got to do what's important first in the company. And so if there's that one big thing that you kind of, um, you kind of have, you say, well, it's super important, but not urgent. You need to go work on that. You need to get it done. Like don't, don't work on it, do it. Right. Don't say I'm working on it to say I did it. Right. Because that's where that taking action piece comes from. The, um, another one of the habits that I would say is like, you've got to get team buy-in if you're going to build a company. You cannot build it on your own. When you start, and that's part of that personality shift, because 
as you start, you have to build it on your own. You're the warrior against the world. Like I'm going to take this thing on. I'm going to build a company. And then you got to start getting employees and life starts coming in and nothing's going to go smooth. And you start going down the trap and you've got to be able to shift and say, okay, I've got to offload some of these things to my employees. And I have to be okay with giving them the responsibility to fail, but I also need to give them the parameters of what happens after failure so that they, they can do this and they can be honest. Because when I hired people, I would ask them, and this made a big shift in our company as well. So that's why I talked about being a bad hire. I was one, you know, I've, I've got this information, not because I read it in a book and somebody taught it to me or anything else. It's because I screwed all these things up, <laughs> right? And so when I found out, I was like, wow, when I did this, it made it so much easier. So when I hired people, I got commitment from them. And so you got to have commitment in your buy-in. I would say, listen, you need to be, I want three things from you. I want you to have honesty and honesty is raising your hand and saying, I did something wrong. I screwed up. I messed up. I broke something. I, you know, I told the customer the wrong thing. I, whatever it is, just be honest about it. Um, and it's two way street because as an employer, you have to be able to listen to people when they, when they're being honest without judging them and yelling and coming down and can't believe you did this and yeah, all that fun stuff. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's almost like an open space, like your kids a lot of times. Right. Like, and then I wanted to have integrity which is doing the right thing when no one's asking you to do anything or doing the right thing when no one's watching you. Right. So not only are you going to do, you know, your job, but you're going to do the right thing when no one's really looking at you, if you're not going to get caught. And then the last thing um, I would ask them to commit to was if you don't, if you're, if you're here working work, like let's find some, even if you get finished up your job, like move to the next thing, because if you outwork your pay plan, it'll catch up. And I had a lot of people that we took from, you know, minimum wage that ended up being managers making six figures a year with us. Uh, and, and a lot of that came from their outworking their pay plan. So if you're, if, if you're in a position and you're making $30,000 a year working for Cody, like I want you to work like you're like, like I want you to think and work way above that because eventually if you're doing that and you're producing i'm going to turn around and reward you for that mm -hmm. you know those are the people that you want to build your team on and so you need to be clear with them and you need to set the expectations but they also need to buy into why the business needs to thrive so that everyone can benefit and move up yeah right? and that's how you build that's how you team build and you get that buy-in and all of a sudden you're not there to pull people up. They're there. They're, they're there pushing you up. You yeah, have to have that yeah. mentality of like, man, these guys, I got to support them so that they can support me. Yeah. And not do well, it all like, for it's, them. It's like, it's incentivizing their growth because they have opportunities to move up. Right. It's like that yeah. to me, that's so, it's such a win-win situation. Right. But as a business owner and an entrepreneur, many times we think, well, why aren't they just built like that? Why aren't they built right. like me? Why aren't they yeah. built like me? Like, why aren't they trying to do these things? And you get frustrated, right? Yeah. And so and you're like, man, why, how could you just sit here for the last 45 minutes and do nothing? Like, didn't you, like, you're, you're like, oh, I'm done with my job. And I'm like, well, aren't you looking for more things to go out and solve? Like, <laughs> you just expect that from them, but you didn't set the expectations up front, yeah. but they're not built like you, right? They're not, yeah. they're, they're not out there challenging these things. They're there on, on the other side of it. And maybe they're learning or maybe their life situation is different, whatever it is. Right. But you, if you set that expectations with them and you have those honest conversations to find out what's really causing them problems in their position and then fixing those problems for them, we'll yeah. end up, we'll end up changing the mood and the energy inside the office and inside the company, whatever it is. And, and at that point, now you've got additional buy-in. You have that, that kind of team first business company first, we're building something here, you know, and celebrate wins. You know, that's one of the things about goals. It's not just like, well, we got that one. Let's go to the next one. Yeah. Like, it's like, no, 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 no. Like we did this. Like we crushed it. Like, let's go have a little high five session. Right. Yeah. Right now we're getting virtual high fives, I think. But, you yeah. know, uh, have that high five session and, and, and encourage them and, and share that, uh, you know, that that excitement. that They did a great job because we don't hear that often enough. Right. Well, and we're in such a hustle all the time that if you don't slow down to celebrate, then it just always feels like a grind. And that's not exciting. No. And if yeah. it, and it's your company too. So exactly. if you're feeling that, guess what they're feeling? Oh yeah. Definitely. And they're like, ugh, you know, yeah, it's not my absolutely. company and I'm, I'm, uh, I'm out here, you know, <laughs> yeah. hustling. Like yeah. you got to celebrate the hustle and, and when you see it and it's uh it's always a good thing to do that, but be honest with them and have, have, but you got to have to have the conversations. That's what the problem, you know, that yeah. we see a lot of times we come in, punch the clock, they punch the clock, have a great day. See you later. You know, it's like, no, like let's, let's, 
put their challenges down daily with them. Let's see what they need to get them accomplished. Make sure that you can be there to use your expertise and then move on to think the bigger things that you need to do. Yeah. Ah, wow. Thank you. Wow. I mean, lots of incredible, amazing tips. Where can people find you? What are the best places to find you? Sure. Um, well, I have the podcast, which is Money Talkers with Cody Laughlin. Uh, it's on everything. Um, <laughs> you can check. <laughs> and uh, um, we have the moneytalkers.com. And if they want to find me on social, reach out, you know, mostly Facebook and LinkedIn stuff, but um, just search okay. for Cody Laughlin. And I'm, I'm more than happy to, uh, to help those that, that ask for it. You know, as a lot of, a lot of, a lot of entrepreneurs are, we're more than happy to a lot of times share our brain. So yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, thank you so much, Cody. It's been absolutely incredible. And thanks for sharing your tips. I, everyone needs to listen to Money Talkers. I've listened to several episodes. I've gotten to be on there. So many good tips. And obviously you can tell from this episode that Cody knows what he's talking about and has a plethora of wealth of knowledge about how to build successful companies that you're not imprisoned by and how to, yeah, I mean, just so many tips. I, I could go on and on and on. Thank you. Thank you for being here, everyone. Something I love about this episode is, you know, it's laying the foundation. I always, you know, talk about how I attract exactly what I need at the right time. So it's like this episode is just so provocative to my brain because I'm on, you know, on track to go to seven figures in my business. And that's what I'm going to be bringing to you. I, I shared, I had a, an episode recording the other day and it's, it was my last, it's going to be the last release, but Cody's is the second to last release. And it's coming up in December. We're in December, 2020 right now. And you know, next year we're gonna shift the podcast to Max Potential Money and NFA Coaching is transitioning to NFA Money. So this episode could not be better timed and rewind again and again and again. And you can be on the journey with me to seven figures. So let's do it together. Let's rock it out, build our wealth, share our money with the world, build an impact, share it with our kids so we can teach them how to be wealth building masters. And I will be back next week. I hope you all have an incredible, Max Potential Week, where you thrive and feel alive. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the Max Potential Habits Podcast. If you're liking what you've heard, it would be so incredibly awesome if you would subscribe to the channel and leave a five-star rating and a written review. This helps me help more people while we grow our NFA community so we can rock it out together. For Max Potential Habits resources, go to nfacoaching.com where you can access all of my resources. There's free eBooks, PDF checklists, a journal template, a business mindset meditation kit, and so much more. Plus links to NFA Coaching on Instagram, YouTube, LinkedIn, and Facebook. And if you're super serious about up-leveling, there's also a link to schedule a free consult to work with me in group or one-on-one -on -one coaching. Until next time, I hope you have a Max Potential Habits Day where you get inspired to do whatever it takes to transform into the most empowered version of yourself so you can lead a rich, thriving, kick-ass life and business.